Good morning. It is good to see you all, all the uh, brave souls who came out and ventured out into the cold, snowy roads. Uh, give yourself a pat on the back for driving out in the winterous conditions. Uh, last night I was uh, talking to Anita at the visitation, and uh, she's... Oh yeah, danger, danger. <laughs> Anita and I were talking last night, and she said, how many years have you been here? Did you say 15? She said, of the 15 years I've been here, we've only canceled church a couple of times. And here I am thinking, hmm, it's my first week, I'm about to preach, and they're wanting to cancel church. What does that say about me? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just messing, I'm just messing. But it's good to see you all, it's good to be here. I give uh, God all the glory. And so it's the beginning of a new year, uh, it's the 13th of January, um, and this is a time that people go through a lot of change, uh, they want to be the best that they can be, and they initiate change in their lives, and uh, we have what's called the New Year's Resolutions. How many of you guys uh, made a resolution this year? All right, a, a, cup, a couple of you guys, a couple of you. So some typical New Year's resolutions that I can think of is, well, maybe I want to work out every day through the year or three days a week or a uh, continual schedule. Or maybe I want to start eating healthy in the year of 2019. Or maybe I want to make sure that I read my Bible every day. Or maybe I want to pray every day. Or maybe instead of reading the Bible every day, maybe you have the goal to read throughout the whole Bible in a year or the Old Testament, or the New Testament, uh, the Grow Devotions, which I talked about last week, and which Brian sent out an email last week. Uh, they're going through the New Testament this year. That would be a great New Year's resolution to make, is to follow along with the devotion, subscribe to the devotion through the email that Brian sent, and read through your New Testament in a year. There's many great uh, New Year's resolutions that we can have. And so with that said, there's, this is a time of change, a time of a new beginning, a fresh start, a new year. And together at this church, uh, we also have a new beginning, a, a change in all of our lives, and that change is called Kyle. That's, that's me, that's me, Kyle. I am your new pastor. I thank God for that. Uh, I look forward to working with all of you. Um, but that brings about change. It's a new beginning. It's a fresh start for this church as I come here and as we work to minister with one another and minister to those in our community. It's a fresh start. It's a new beginning. And so I thought it'd be appropriate that for this morning's message, we could talk about a church that was going through a lot of change, a church that had a new beginning. In fact, it was the very first church a church that had a very first start, a new beginning. It was brand new to them. And the church in Acts is what we're going to be talking about this morning. And so you can go ahead and flip to uh, the book of Acts. Uh, we're going to go ahead and read in Acts chapter 2. And there's a lot that we could learn from this church in Acts. A lot. I could, we could talk all year about this church in Acts and the, lesson, the many lessons that we can draw from this church in Acts. But I want to focus on one lesson, one lesson that, this morning that we can draw from this church in Acts. And that lesson 
is that the church was excited. They were excited. They were excited to do God's work and to do his ministry and to fellowship with one another. They were an excited church, so I want that lesson to be so that we can be an excited church. So let's get excited. Before we dive into the message this morning, uh, we'll just go ahead and open up with the word of prayer. So if you'll bow with me. Father God, uh, I just uh, thank you for this opportunity uh, to deliver your word, uh, your message. Father, I just ask that you be with us this new year um, as we seek to please you and serve you and worship you. And Father, I just ask uh, that we can be a church that is excited to do church stuff, a church that is excited to worship you and serve you, and a church that is excited to fellowship with one another. And we love you, and we thank you for the gift of your son, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and uh, read from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 37. But before we start reading, I just want to give you guys some background as to what we're dealing with. So shortly before the events taking place in Acts chapter 2, Jesus was crucified on the cross. Um, He died and suffered, and uh, the, the disciples, those who follow Christ, they, they were bummed out. They, the man who they thought was the Messiah, the Savior, he was dead. He was no more. It was, it was a time of mourning. But we all know the story that on the third day, praise the Lord, Christ was victorious and rose from the grave. Praise the Lord. And, and it was a time of rejoicing. And the, the disciples and those who followed Christ were very happy. But Jesus didn't just ascend right into the heaven Jesus spent about 40 days uh, roaming the earth, and he spent those 40 days preaching the kingdom of God. We can see that in Acts chapter 1, verse 3, if you care to look. Jesus was preaching about the kingdom for those 40 days that he was here on this earth. And then after the 40 days spent here on this earth, Jesus ascended into heaven, and he ascended to the right hand of God, a clear distinction there. He, he, he didn't sit at the throne of God, but he sat at the right hand of God. And there he is today, still to this day, Jesus is at the right hand of God. And so then after Jesus ascended into heaven, the disciples thought, hmm, well, we, we know what happened to Judas. We all remember Judas. He betrayed Jesus. And so they were down to 11 disciples. So they thought they should uh, find the 12th disciple. So they casted a lot and uh, Matthias was chosen to replace Judas as the 12th disciple. And then we come here to Acts chapter 2. And the day of Pentecost arrives. Now the Pentecost is just a Greek name for a festival in the Old Testament. And that festival is known as the Feast of Weeks. There are a couple of festivals that the Jews held to very dear And those festivals can be found in Leviticus chapter 23, if you care to look uh, later this week. And the Feast of Weeks was one of these uh, festivals that the Jews held very dear to them. It was God-ordained. And basically, this festival, it just marked the completion of the barley harvest. Now, this is a farming community. I'm sure you guys know a lot more about the completion of a barley harvest than I do. But it was a festival to celebrate the completion of the barley harvest, and they made a couple of offerings to the Lord, and it was a day just to celebrate that God ordained and that the Jews held very dear. 
So a couple thousand or about 1,500 years after uh, they started this day of Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks, uh, the disciples came across the day of Pentecost, and they were celebrating the day of Pentecost, and they were all gathered together in a room, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is also a distinction that we need to make in that in the New Testament, starting with Christ and the church, uh, we, people are filled with the Holy Spirit. Whereas in the Old Testament, before Christ, the Spirit simply came upon people to complete their duty for a temporary time. But after Christ, we are permanently filled with the Holy Spirit. And so at that day, at the day of Pentecost, while the disciples were all gathered in that room, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And some crazy things happened in that room. Very crazy things. They were talking in tongues. There was some fire involved. And it was a very crazy occurrence. And some people heard what was going on. And these people thought, well, surely none of this can happen. Surely people can't be speaking in languages that they aren't supposed to be speaking. And surely they can't have these tongues of fire or whatever. And so they thought, surely these disciples are just drunk. Surely. They, they just had a little too much wine. They're filled with wine. And Peter heard this, and he's like, are you kidding me? It's nine in the morning. They're not drunk. They're not drunk. It's nine in the morning. And so then Peter proceeded to preach to these people, and he delivered a very powerful and fiery sermon. And we see that in Acts chapter 2 as well. And this is where we'll pick up in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, the people's reaction to Peter's sermon. And so we read in verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Wow. Wow. That is powerful. So here, Peter is delivering a message, a very strong message, the content was great, and these people responded very well. They were cut to the heart from Peter's message, and they had an urgency to respond to Peter's message. Now, they asked Peter, what shall we do? What shall we do? We heard your sermon. We heard your message. What shall we do now? And Peter said, repent, repent, and be baptized, every one of you. And so what do we see? We see that very day, that very day, 3,000 people 3,000 people accepted Jesus as their Christ. 3,000 people accepted Jesus as their Christ. And now these just weren't any ordinary people that Peter was talking to as well. Peter was talking to the Jews. And for those of you who know, the Jews were the ones who were responsible for the crucifixion of Christ. The Jews were the ones who were responsible for the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But because of Peter's excitement and his passion that he had in that sermon, 
Because of the passion that, that he had and delivered to them, 3,000 Jews, 3,000 Jews in one day gave their life over to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is awesome. That is awesome. That is a great story of repentance of people who gave away Christ to be crucified, but then later came to the saving knowledge, the saving knowledge of Christ. And they had a dramatic turnaround, all because, all because of one man's act. Of one man's act did 3,000 Jews give their life over to Christ. It was because of Peter. It was because of Peter, the message that he had for these Jews. The message that he had, if we had the time to read it, we could see the passion, the passion, the powerful message that Peter had. The content here is phenomenal. As Peter talked about this Christ whom you crucified, you Jews, you crucified this Christ, but this Christ was raised on the third day and he is now sitting at the right hand of God. Peter had a great message to speak to these Jews. And when you read it, you can just see the passion that Peter had in this message. And now the people responded in a grand way and they, they gave their life over to Christ. But I'm positive if that Peter would have delivered that message, that sermon in a boring, monotone voice, yeah, uh, you, you crucified our Christ, that, that really wasn't cool, guys, uh, but fortunately he was raised on the third day, sitting at the right hand of God, yeah, what shall you do? You shall be repent and be baptized. I would be surprised if anyone would have uh, responded to Peter's message there. No, you can see the passion that Peter had. I'm sure Peter was yelling and saying, repent and be baptized for this good message, this gospel message is true. And this Christ whom you crucified, you can come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Just repent and be baptized. You can see the passion that Peter had. And so I'm positive, I am positive that Peter had passion and an excitement for what he was preaching. And because of that excitement, and because of that passion, 3,000 people, 3,000 Jews, gave their life over to Christ in one day. One day. How awesome would that be if we could experience that? If I could be speaking here and in one day 3,000 people would have given their life over to Christ, we would all be astonished. This is a huge act that has taken place. And why? Why did it happen? It's because of the excitement and the passion that Peter had for that gospel message. It's because of his passion that 3,000 people gave their life over to Christ. And this is an awesome event. This is an awesome event that has taken place. But it was just a one-time event that 3,000 people gave their life over to Christ. But we can see the day-to-day procedures that the church went through in the next few verses. So if we'll read in verse uh, 42 of Acts chapter 2, we can see what the early church was like, what they were all about. (coughs) Excuse me. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
And they were selling their possessions and belonging and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So this is just a short description of what the early church was all about. And as I mentioned earlier, near the beginning, we could talk all year, all year about this church in Acts. This church in Acts was awesome. They were awesome. We could talk about all year the many great lessons that we can take out of this church in Acts. But again, this morning, we're just going to take one lesson, one lesson from this church, and that church is their excitement and the joy and the passion that they had. And we can see that excitement and joy and passion in verses 46 and 47. It said, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with what? Glad and gen- or favor, yes, glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. Now, does that sound like a group of people who were excited about what they were doing? That's not a rhetorical question. That's a real question. Yes, yes. That is a church that is excited and passionate and happy to be doing what they're doing. They had glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And these people, they were so excited and passionate about what they had, they didn't just meet once a week. No, did did you catch that in verse 46? They met day by day. Every single day of the week, these people met together because of the excitement and the passion that they had. They loved doing church. We can see that in just this short description. They loved doing church. They didn't just go to church to check it off a checklist. I've been there before. I'm sure we've all been there before where we go to church and say, all right, God, I went to church. I'm good for the week. Now let me just get along with my life and do my schoolwork or whatever, but I went to church, awesome. Now, these people did not have that mentality at all. They were having favor and praising God, and and they had glad and generous hearts. They were very excited about what they were doing, so much to the point where they met every single day. That would be quite a feat if we met every single day. I'm pretty sure you guys would get sick and tired of me if we met every single day. But they met every single day because of the passion and the excitement that they had. So this church was awesome. This church was excited. And there's a difference I want to take note here from this church and uh, the Jewish synagogues in the Old Testament. So in the Old Testament, these Jews, they worshipped in the synagogues. But these Jews they didn't really have these, these invitations and to go out into the public and say, hey, come one, come all, and worship with our God. No, they more so worship God in their synagogues, and they have more so the mentality that, hey, if people want to come, that's great, but we're not necessarily going to go out and seek the lost. But here in this church, after Christ, Christ started this movement, Christ had the mentality that, hey, We need to go out into the marketplace. We need to go out to where the people are, and we need to preach this gospel message. We need to go out into the people where they are and invite them in. 
We need to make the initiative. They don't need to come to us. We need to come to them. And that's the mentality that this, this early church had as well. And they were excited. They were excited to share this good news with whoever they could. And so they went out into the marketplaces. They went, went out wherever they could on the hillside, in the, in, in the river, wherever they could go to preach the gospel message. Why? Why do they do that? Because I think of the passion and the excitement. I think they were excited. I think they were so excited about the message that they had that they could not barely stand to keep it within themselves. They had to. They had to with the excitement that they had to share that gospel message with others. They were excited. This church in Acts, this first church, the very first church, did church in an exciting and joyful way. They met one another with smiles on their faces. They wanted to act immediately with the knowledge that they had as they asked Brother Peter, what shall we do now? These people, they wanted to meet every single day of their lives with one another because they were excited and passionate. They loved doing church and they couldn't contain their excitement. And they needed to go out into the public to tell their friends, to tell their family, to tell their coworkers, tell whoever about the gospel message that they had. They were excited. And this is the lesson that I want to draw from this church in Acts. I want to be a church that is excited to do God's work, a church that is happy and joyful to do God's work, a church that is excited to do church stuff. Can we be that? Can we be an excited church? Let's be that excited church. And not only us as collectively as a corporate church, but you individually, you need to be excited. You have an awesome message. The church in Acts, they were thrilled about the message that they had. They were thrilled with the message knowing that their Savior, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for their sins, but on the third day, he rose victoriously from the grave. The grave. They were excited about that. They were excited about the coming kingdom. And guess what? We have that same message. We have that same exciting gospel message. And you need to share that message with others. You need your excitement and your joy to overflow to overflow to the point where you can't stand keeping this gospel message to yourself, but you must go and preach it and teach it and talk about this gospel message to your friends, to your family, to your coworkers, to those who go to school with you, with whomever you come across. Let your excitement overflow so that you must speak this gospel message unto whoever you come across. And great things will happen. Great things will happen. I can guarantee you that great things will happen if the excitement that you have overflows and you start sharing that gospel message with others. When we look at this church next uh, and we see what happened because of their excitement and passion, we can see that at the end of verse 47. I'll read verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those.
who were being saved. Through this church in Acts, the Lord was saving people day by day. Every day people were being saved from this church. God gave this church growth. Why? Because they had excitement and passion about what they were doing. So I want to be a church. I want to be a church that is excited, that is happy, that is joyful for doing God's work. Can I get an amen? It doesn't feel right to talk about being excited and you all remain silent. We need to be an excited church, and if we're an excited church, we can be a church that is growing day by day. This is a church that every church should strive to be like, to save people day by day, every day of our lives to save people. This is a church that we should strive to be like this. We need to be excited like the church in Acts was. I want to be a church like the church in Acts. Can I get another amen? We want to be a church like the church in Acts. We want to have a church where we can save people day by day. So it's my plea to you guys this morning. Let's get excited. Let's pray. Father God, uh, we just thank you so much, so much for this gospel-saving message that we have, that you gave to us and Father, just let our passion and our excitement for this message overflow so that we can share it to our friends and family and coworkers or friends from school, whomever it may be, Father. I just ask that our excitement can overflow so that we can share your gospel message with others as they need to hear it. And Father, I just ask that you use us as an instrument, that you use us to spread your gospel message and that we can one day become a church where we can save people day by day. We love you, Father, and we're excited to worship and serve you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.